Articles by Desiring God The Contagion of Cowardice Written and read by Greg Morse As an ancient Israeli soldier gazes across the field of battle, he sees a sea of chariots and horses and soldiers far outnumbering his own. His hands tremble. His mouth dries. His breathing shortens. The gentle burn washes over him. Fear. He struggles in vain to combat the thought, Will today be my last? Since a child he has read, When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots in an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Deuteronomy 20 verse 1. Now, in war, God didn't feel as near as a soldier imagined as a child. Visions of glory are giving way to heat and stench and hordes growing fiercer under a blinding sun. He blinks back lightheadedness. The enemy's taunts grow louder as a cobra smiles at the mouse. Secret doubts begin to unman him. Even if the battle is ours, he reconsiders. The promise doesn't ensure that I will live to share its victory. A distant figure approaches. The men gather. The priest of God speaks to the soldiers. Hear, O Israel. Today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. Deuteronomy 23 and 4. To his dismay, this word does not shake his mounting suspicions of dying a horrible death. What if God does not show up and fight with Israel? Next, an officer's voice barks. Is there any man who has built a new house and has not dedicated it? Let him go back to his house, lest he die in battle and another man dedicate it. He has no new house to dedicate. The officer continues, And is there any man who has planted a vineyard and has not enjoyed its fruit? Let him go back to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man enjoy its fruit. Never did our soldier envy those with new vineyards like now. And is there any man who has betrothed the wife and has not taken her? Let him go back to his house, lest he die in battle and another man take her. He has been married for years. Three groups of men turn from battle. He remains. With less horses and less chariots and less fellow soldiers than before. What little courage remained rides off with them. His heart beat drums in his ears, nearly drowning out the soldier's last word. Is there any man who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go back to his house, lest he make the heart of his fellows melt like his own. Deuteronomy 28. He hates himself for sighing. His heart calms. His legs regain feeling. As his breathing settles and the army fades behind his back, he comforts his questioning conscience. At least I'll live to see tomorrow. Seeing tomorrow. 
the real-life scene illustrates cowardice in ancient Israel that still plagues professing Christian men today, a fear that keeps them from mission and godly conviction. Soldiers today turn away from battle before Philistines who won't slash throats as much as gossip about them. For centuries, many have feared the flaming stake and hungry lion. Today, we fear the shaking head and disinvitation to the friend group. Why be too salty in a bland world? Their reason. Shine too brightly in a cave full of bats. Why go forth and risk the awkward silence, the chill of disapproval, the loss of this world and all its comforts? Rubber bullets suffice on their sins and they see no need to cause a disturbance. These too say under their breath, albeit metaphorically, at least I'll live to see tomorrow. I believe that this scene of Israelite warfare and the exemptions God provides is something to teach us about God, cowardice, and ourselves. Exemptions of Grace First, it is noteworthy that God made special exemptions from military service for four groups of men. The first three pairs go together. Those who have not enjoyed their house, the fruit of the vineyard, or the love of their wife. These three exemptions prevent the Israelite man from experiencing the covenant curses, which read, You shall betroth a wife, but another man shall ravish her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not enjoy the fruit. Deuteronomy 28.30 In this, the Israelite was to learn about his gracious general. The God of Israel was no pharaoh whipping his soldiers into compliance. He cared for his men. None would go forth to battle who had untasted joys at home. Each exemption spared from the curse and ensured each new blessing. Israel's soldiers had households growing with family, friends, and feasting before the possibility of dying on the battlefield arose. They had something at home to defend. Men of Melting Hearts But a fourth provision is given, separate from the other three, one for those of melting hearts. Though God commands over and over to his men, do not be afraid, for I am with you to fight for you. These weaker souls cannot be comforted. Their hearts tremble within, their sweat beads without. They do not yet trust the God of their fathers with so much on the line. They consent to a release of duty turn their backs on their brothers, and ride away to soft beds and supple securities. In Israel's history, such men went home by the thousands. When Gideon approached his army with a similar proposition, whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. We read, Then 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. For every man that stood fast, two of his intimidated brothers turned and hurried home. God fights one-handed. What can we learn from this surprising provision to the cowardly? First, we learn what Moses previously said. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. The supreme man of war needs no help from men. 
Moses saw God single-handedly bring the world's greatest power to its knees without one human warrior. Other armies and other gods fed men to war, searching the highways and byways for any able-bodied man setting soldiers behind the army to kill deserters. Our God needs no big army or many chariots or terrified soldiers to conquer his foes. Our God puts himself at disadvantage, but is never at disadvantage. And he does so to humble his people. The Lord dismisses 22,000, reasoning to Gideon, The people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel boast over me, saying, My own hand has saved me. He ties one arm behind his back, so to speak, and topples gods and nations to prove Yahweh your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. The weakness of God, ever since the beginning, is stronger than men. Contagion of Cowardice Second, though, we see that cowardice is a sickness that calls for quarantine. Is there any man who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go back to his house, lest he make the heart of his fellows melt like his own. Warfare in ancient Israel was a contest of faith. A man before the swarming foe quickly discovers what he truly believes. Are the unseen promises and presence of his God real? Before a massive army, the soldier meant something different when he called texts life verses. These men heard God speak through his priest. Let not your heart faint, be not afraid, tremble not nor succumb to terror. Yahweh himself goes out with you. He fights with you. He will save you. But this does too little for the unbelieving man. He does not trust that his king is with him. And notice, his unwarlike spirit disheartens his brothers. His cowardice is contagious. His questions make more questions. His hesitations cause more to hesitate. His timidity rusts blades beside him. His long journey home is better for the army as the leper dwelling outside the camp spared the rest. Israel's forces were stronger without panicked soldiers. Word to Collapsing Hearts So how shall we profit from this word to ancient Israel? A word to those men with melting hearts today and a reminder to our own hearts in the process. To those who would swallow their tongues, who blush for God and his gospel, who have no stomach for conflict, whether in confronting untruth or killing their own sin, who hold no faith that God can yet bring about the unlikely victory, to those who count their lives more dear than the king's cause, who prize this world above the next, who roar behind avatars and whimper in person, who mumble at Christ's promises and who are ready to fight when society is on their side, but shrink when devils and Philistines draw swords against their master. To you it might be said, sheath your sword and go home. God Almighty does not need your half-hearted, quaking service. He is never at disadvantage. We wish you to find your valor your faith in our conquering captain, and remain among us. It would be your great privilege to do so.
We wish to see a lion-hearted trust in our God. We would find new strength rising in us. To hear you respond as Leonidas' general did, when the countless enemy threatened to shoot enough arrows to block out the sun, saying, Then we shall have our battle in the shade. We wish you to stand firm as God's men and believe. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For Yahweh your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. We welcome you, desire your assistance, call you to entrust yourself to a trustworthy Savior and live for him. But if you will not have him decidedly as general, we cannot have you. The cowardice of only ten spies soon proved so contagious as to keep a whole nation from a victory they were well able to achieve. You, in their lineage, unwittingly discourage God's people and dampen his cause. Go home until God gives you a certain heart to venture on his promises. But do not do so lightly. Building a new field, purchasing new oxen, marrying a new wife, or being afraid will not discharge anyone from accepting and following Christ. Luke 14, 16 through 24. A courageous heart, we earnestly pray for you and ourselves, since cowards will not finally inherit eternal life. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Jesus charges his army in the vision at Patmos. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. For more resources, visit DesiringGod.org.